Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. So if you're a merciful person, a kind person, a generous person, and that's the way you sow, God tells you to expect that back. Expect that to come back to you. The verse that's oftentimes quoted regarding money, you know, uh, it says, give and it shall be given to you. Press down, shaking over and running over, shall men give into your bosom. Mm, you know, and that's a good old preaching verse if I'm trying to get people to give some more money, right? But do you guys know that in the context that that verse is spoken, y'all know what it's talking about? Mercy. Most of us have heard the phrase, you reap what you sow. But do we take that into consideration for our whole life? Today in his message, Pastor Bill wants you to know that you need to take to heart the consequences for what you choose to invest in. If you invest your time into bad influences and what the world says is important, it would always fail you. But God never will. Secure your place in eternity with Him and invest in things not of this world. Avoid the disappointment of earthly pursuits and follow Him. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges chapter 9 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. It says, now when they told Jotham, he went and he stood on top of Mount Gerizim and he lifted his voice and he cried out and he said to them. So the one son that escaped Jotham, he's going and he's going to speak to the people. And this is the first parable given in scripture. He's going to share what he's going to share. He's sharing it in the form of a parable. Uh, A parable is a story. And the goal of the parable is to is to kind of bring out there's one or two important points. So you want to be careful about reading a parable and then dissecting each piece and part. The parable is like giving an illustration. I'm just trying to make it a point. Um, It's not for you to dissect every little piece and part of it like it actually happened. It's a story that's left to give a part. So having said that, I read I read some things on this parable that were like, I mean, it was it was interesting. They they did the exact thing you don't do to a parable. They dissected it and made it all about prophecy and Israel and and all these different things. And he's just making an important point. And we'll see it very clearly as we read his parable. So it's what he says. Listen to me, you men of Shechem, that God may listen to you. The first hint that this young man is speaking on the authority of God. He said, look, you listen to me, that God may listen to you. And there's an authority about even how he opens this up. And so. He said in verse eight, the trees once went forth to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, should I cease giving my oil with which they honor God and men and go sway over trees? Who did they beg to be king over them? Gideon, right? And you'll see that each imagery of these three things are all representing something from Israel. The olive tree, the fig tree and the vine, all symbols of Israel. So he says, hey, you, 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 the, the, the trees, these are the people said, hey, come rain over us. But he said, no, I'm not going to stop giving. I'm not going to cease giving my oil um, and, and rain or go sway over trees. Verse 10. Then the tree said to the fig tree, you come rain over us. But the fig tree said to them, should I cease my sweetness and my good fruit and go sway over trees? Then the tree said to the vine, you come and rain over us. But the vine said to them, should I cease my new wine, which cheers both God and men and go sway over you? And so in each of those three things, the olive tree, the fig tree and the vine, all symbols of Israel, um, they said, no, we're not going to do it. 
Um, we're not coming to we're not coming to reign over you. We're, we're doing something already that glorifies and honors God. Then it says in verse 14, then all the trees said to the bramble. And you might know what bramble is. You got like, we just went from the olive tree that produces oil, sweetness, um, the fig tree that produces fruit, you know, fig newtons, yummy goodness. And the vine that produces wine and grapes and all these things. And now we're at the bramble. The bramble is a little short, stubby, useless bush that it was good for firewood. It was good for for getting the fire crackling and getting it going. Bramble. It even sounds like it's worthless, you know. And so when you as you read this through, who was the bramble that they that they called upon? Right. He's going to be the bramble. So it says um, then the tree said to the bramble, you come rain over us in if, if in truth you anoint me as king over us, then come and take shelter in my shade. Again, the bramble doesn't even produce shade. It's a little bitty stubby nothing. Um, so, but if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. And um, and that's you, you we're going to see that that's exactly what takes place. There's going to be judgment that comes as we would expect from what Abimelech has done. Verse 16 now, therefore, if you have acted in truth and sincerity and making Abimelech king, and if you have dealt well with Zerubel and his house and have done to him as he deserves, for my father fought for you and risked his life and delivered you out of the hand of Midian. But you have risen against my father's house this day and killed his 70 sons at one stone on one stone and made Abimelech the son of his female servant king over the men of Shechem. Because he is your brother. If then you have acted in truth and sincerity with Zerubbabel and with his house this day, then rejoice in Abimelech and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come from Abimelech and devour the men of Shechem and Beth Milo and let fire come from the men of Shechem and from Beth Milo and devour Abimelech. And so this is where he leaves them. He gives them this 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 uh, illustration, this parable. And they can see clearly that you went to the olive tree, you went to the fig tree, you went to the, the vine. And they said, mm, we're doing we're already doing a work for the Lord. We're, we're good where we are. And so you got the bramble. He said, hey, he said, guys, if you guys did right, if, 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 if you guys have dealt well with Gideon, who delivered you guys. Right. And, and what you've done. Hey, you're good. You're good. Don't worry about it. But you had to know that they heard this and said they know they ain't do right. They know that, you know, and I, I read this and I think what a, what a brave He's the only one left. They just killed all your brothers. And he stood up and said, hey, you got, listen to me. I mean, I, I see in this, just I just see boldness. I see courage there that he's saying, I, I'm going to say, I got something to say. And I want you guys to hear me out. And he gives them a word from the Lord. He gives them a warning. We know it's from the Lord because it takes place. And he warns them, what y'all have done, if y'all did right, then you'll be good. But if not, then it's, it, it's going to be a, 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 it's a multiple. He said, look, the, the bramble, the fire from the bramble is going to devour you. And the fire from you is going to devour the bramble. Y'all going to destroy each other. It's going to be bad for everybody. And he pretty much pronounces a curse on them for what they have done. And so I want to go back now and, and just make some application on this part before we move any further. As I told you in the beginning, it's, it's the ideas of sowing bad and reaping bad. It's throughout scripture. The Bible says, do not be deceived. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And it's one of those things that works both ways. If you sow good, then you can expect that in due time, you're going to reap a harvest on the good that you sown. So if you're a merciful person, a kind person, a generous person, and that's the way you sow, God tells you to expect that back, expect that to come back to you. 
the verse that's oftentimes quoted regarding money, you know, uh, it says, give and it shall be given to you. Press down, shaking over and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? Mm, you know, and that's a good old preaching verse. If I'm trying to get people to give some more money. Right. But do you guys know that in the context that that verse is spoken, you know what it's talking about? Mercy. The, the If you go back and read that in context, the thing that's being given is mercy. So if you give mercy, mercy is coming back to you. So if you're a merciful person, people do you wrong and you show them mercy and kindness and goodness. Mercy is not given what people what they deserve. God says, you can expect. Anybody here ever need mercy? Anybody here ever need to not get what you deserve? God says, be a merciful person. You be merciful and you watch how that flows. Watch how, watch how it comes back. Watch how it returns to you. Um, I, I, I thought of this. Um, I had In my family, I have someone on my mother's side of the family that he for a living would set up car accidents and like set them up like hey, you go get in front of somebody. He would tell you the kind of person to get in front in front of that would probably have insurance and it would be really bad if I said it here. So I won't. Um, but but I, and I, as a non-believer, I participated in this and had friends do it several times. But, um, you know, he would say, you know, do that and, you know, slam on your brakes, let him hit you. And then um, he would work it all out for, you know, fake doctor's appointments or whatever. And you get a check. He get a check. Well, I grew up, that's my uncle. So, you know, my mom's brothers. My mother was also a part of this at times. And I never forget this. My dad is not a believer. My dad, dad's not a Christian. I had an accident that was not a part of this charade. I had a legitimate accident. I had a bug with a Porsche engine in it. I was a kid, my first car, and somebody ran to the back of my car and they hit me and they smashed the motor and then they ran. And so uh, the person with me got the license plate. My mom's boyfriend figured out where they lived. And my mom and my family were saying, hey, let's let's run this whole program. And I was going to do it. And I went to my dad's house for the weekend. And again, my dad's not a Christian, but my dad was disgusted with that idea. And he was disappointed that the adults in my life were encouraging me to do this for money. And he said, man, if you do stuff like that, it's going to come back on you. And you watch. And so he said, as my dad, he said, I'm I'm recommending that you stand up and say, no, just get your car fixed. The guy is willing to pay for your car. He's sorry. He's busted. Get your car fixed. You get the new motor. Be happy. You got a paint job. Be happy with that. Why are you trying to get more? You ain't hurt. Be glad you're not hurt. I mean, he, he gave me this whole speech and I was like, you know what? I agree. I agree. And I, and I did what my dad said. Right. I didn't do any. I didn't take more than I was supposed to take. Got my car fixed, blah, blah, blah. Lo and behold, in that same vehicle, that same car coming down Crenshaw, my brakes had gone out on me, but I'm a teenager and I don't want to be without my car for the weekend. So I'm driving it without brakes and I'm using the emergency brake to stop. <laughs> Little ghetto, but I, I was, look, I just wasn't gonna be without transportation. So coming down Crenshaw, right approaching Hardy, and it has started to sprinkle a little bit. A car that I thought was gonna take the light didn't take the light. So I pulled the emergency brake up and my back, my car spun around and was back and the back of my car hits this car. And I'm like, oh man. I don't have insurance. I don't have this. I don't have that. And I never forget this. I wasn't Christian. I couldn't appreciate it like I could later. But this family was coming from church. It was on a Sunday and they got out the car and they came and I'm thinking they're going to be mad. His daddy got his kids in the car, his woman in the car. He came and said, you all right? As a matter of fact, I am <laughs> just fine. He said, look, he said, well, nobody's hurting my car. Nobody's hurting your car. And he just said, we're gonna, we just, you know, go on. And he let me go. And I remember that. I was like, I remember I went to tell my dad. I said, hey, dad, this is happening to me right now. And I had a little dent in my car, but the guy didn't even take my number or nothing. You know, and my dad said, see, 
You know, what you, 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 what you, what you sow, you reap. You know, it comes back around. And so I would encourage us as believers, we're to be doing good anyway. But maybe somebody here is tempted in some area to do evil. Maybe someone's tempted to take more than you should. Maybe someone's tempted to try to get ahead by doing wrong to other people. And maybe tonight God is just stopping you saying, don't get ahead that way, son, daughter. That's not how I work. It won't be blessed in the end. And with all of us here, this is the cool thing, because you can preach that verse in a real kind of condemning. You reap what you sow as you do wrong. It's coming back on you. And it's true. But I could also say in a very encouraging way, we could all choose tomorrow to go out and be a blessing. We can go out tomorrow. I'm going to show mercy to people that need mercy. I'm going to give love to people that need love. I'm going to be compassionate to people that need compassion. I'm going to forgive the people that need forgiveness. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to choose to use this life to do good as much as I can. And God and everybody here can make that choice. And if you make that your habit, that's what will come back. That's what that's what your life will be like. I've never met a person that is contentious and they always got drama going on. That isn't they're the call. I've never I've never, 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 never. Not one time have I met the person that's like always got this drama. I said, it's, it's you. You, you, you're, you're, you're the you're the you're the you're the list. I've never met a person that always has everybody here. Maybe once in a while you have something going. But the people that I know that always got something going on. It's you. It's you. If you always got drama going on. Take out your little mirror. It's you are you. You are the cause of the drama is a reflection of you and how you doing dirt and how you talking, how you treating me. That's just the way it goes. That's just, that's a reality. So if that's people, I just always got drama going on. When people say that, I'm like, hmm. Take three steps back. Thanks for the head. Thanks for the heads up. That's who I'm not going to be hanging out with on a regular basis. So be, be, be mindful of that. We reap what we sow. And it, it's again, it's, it's one of those laws of God that works both ways. So you can choose to sow obedience and sow faithfulness and sow goodness. And, and God says that's what's going to come back. Whatsoever a man sows, that he will also reap. That is the word of God. Amen. Yes. Moving on now, it says, so Jotham um, ran away and he fled and he went to beer, not to have a beer, so it's a city, <laughs> and he dwelt there for fear of Abimelech. So I like this. He had, he got out what he had to get said and he said, now that I got it all said, I'm out of here because I know you're going to try to kill me too. And he fled. He went to this, this place named Beer to to hide from his, his Abimelech, his brother. Verse 22. After Abimelech had reigned over Israel for three years, God sent a spirit of ill will between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. Now, the interesting thing here says God sent the spirit of ill will. Some people read that and think, why would God do that? That doesn't seem like a nice thing. God sent the spirit of ill will between both these wicked fools. Abimelech was wicked and the men of Shechem were wicked for rolling with him. And God said, you know what? These wicked people are getting along so well, I'm going to break that up. And we don't know how God did it. I'm going to suggest something to you guys that um, there's other times in scripture where, you know, God says he sent the he sent the evil, the spirit to torment Saul when Saul was in disobedience. And some people think, you know, we forget that God is the Lord of everything. The demons are subject to him. And so. In the life of the believer and the non-believer, demons can do what God permits them to do. And so God permitting the demons to go, they already was like, can we, they already want to put ill will. So God saying, I permit you guys to go, go, go put a spirit of ill will. You can do that much. And the demons go. And in um, Job's life, right? Satan already hated Job. 
Satan already wanted to kill Job and destroy him. And God said, look, you can touch his stuff, but don't touch him. That's that's now God let it happen. Now you can touch him, but you can't take his life. And God set the parameters on the enemy, set the parameters on the demonic realm. And so in this sense here, when it says God sent the spirit of ill will, that's already what they do. And God is saying, now I'm going to allow this to work out because right now y'all are getting along so well. But it, it pay, it's time to pay back for what y'all have done. Also reminds me of Genesis 11, uh, the Tower of Babel, when people in disobedience to God said, we're going to build this tower up to heaven. And they were in rebellion against the Lord. And the Trinity spoke. It says God, they spoke. God spoke not to himself, but, you know, God, the father, God, son, they, they had a conference about this. And they said, look, the, the, the people are one. And because of it, said nothing that they desire to do will be kept from them. And God is acknowledging there the power of unity, even when it's the enemy that's unified. So I mean, nothing that they want to do will be kept. Let us go down and confuse their language. And that's what the Lord did. He came down and confused the language. So now now y'all can't be unified because y'all speak this language. Y'all speak this one. And everybody went to their own ways. And that was how the Lord divided up that mess. And so here God sent the spirit of ill will between them, between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. And the men of Shechem dwelt, dealt treacherously with Abimelech, which he had coming because he'd been treacherous himself. Um, and so verse 24 says, I'm sorry, that the, that the crime done to the 70 sons of Zerubbabel might be settled and their, and their blood be laid on Abimelech, their brother who killed them. And the men of Shechem who aided him in killing in, in, in the killing of his brothers. And so that's why God is allowing this to punish both of them for what they've done. Just like it had been prophesied by the one son that was left. That the bramble is going to, he says that the bramble is going to burn the people of Shechem. The people of Shechem are going to burn, y'all going to burn each other. You guys got together to work together, but now you guys are going to burn each other. And that's what happens when people get together in, without God. They, they can be together for so long. So you get people out there, you know, united to go do some crime and then let it fall apart. Let time go by. Bad people are bad people. Unfaithful people are unfaithful people. Sinners are sinners. Dishonest people are dishonest and disloyal people are disloyal. And even if for a little while their loyalty is to you, their character is that they're disloyal. Right. That's why I'm always I'm uncomfortable with people that will talk about somebody else to me. That means you talk about people. That's what that means. That's your character. And even though it's not me today, it won't be long because that's how you are. That's what you do. And so those are people that you say, huh, can't, we can't really be great friends. You know, those won't be people that we have real deep interactions with. That's you got a bad character. You know, people that lie on other people. Wow, you lie. You lie on the people. So you don't look bad. That's what you do. Um, we're not going to be really great friends because I'm just going to keep my distance from people that have that kind of character. Um, make sure that that's not you. Make sure you don't have character that people need to be beware of. Uh, we want to have character that people look at you and say, hey, that's a man or a woman of truth. When I hang out with them, we end up talking about the word of God. When I, when I fellowship with them, I get edified. I get built up. I'm encouraged through the interactions. When I leave hanging out with this person, I'm, I'm stirred up for what God wants to do in my life. Those are the kind of friendships. Those are the kind of interactions that we want to encourage and have and, and, and sow into. Um, I'm, we'll set aside extra time to hang out with people that have that kind of impact on our lives. Amen. And so. Uh, verse 25 says, and the men of Shechem set men in ambush against him on the tops of the mountains. And they robbed all who passed by along the way. And it was told to Abimelech. 
So they basically people that were going down to the area were getting robbed back and forth, uh, going to Abimelech's area. And so they told Abimelech. Now, Gaul, the son of Ebed, came with his brothers and he went over to Shechem and the men of Shechem put their confidence in him. So they went out into the fields and they gathered grapes from the vineyards and trod them and made merry. And so these guys found some new. Now they're no longer faithful to Abimelech. They found these two new men that are going to be. Hey, these are our guys, Gaul and Ebed. And now they're so confident that they're up there in the wine press getting drunk. That's what we're going to read. They're up there partying. They just robbed people going to see, you know, going down to, to Shechem. They've been robbing them. And now they're up there saying they can't do nothing. We got our new alliance with these new people. And so they're up here getting drunk. So they made merry. That means they were getting drunk. Um, making merry is King James or New King James where they was getting faded and partying and <laughs> drinking, drinking the fruit of the vine. It says, and they went into the house of their God. And they ate and drank and cursed Abimelech. So they went into the house of their God. Obviously, their God is not the God of Israel. Uh, these people worship Baal and other false gods. And say they're in the presence of their false God. They're drunk and they're cursing Abimelech, who they who they who they just a few years ago were out murdering on his behalf. Now they hate him. And that's kind of how it goes. These are people of faulty character, all of them. And now the people of faulty character are against each other. And, you know, this is this is what God is going to use to bring judgment upon both of them. Verse 28. Then Gal, the son of Ebed, said, who is Abimelech and who is Shechem that we should serve him? Is he not the son of Zerubel and is not Zebul his officer? Serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem. But why should we serve him? And so, again, now they start the division. And notice this is the same thing Abimelech did. Remember? Remember he went to them and said, hey, guys, should we have the 70 sons of Rubel, you know, be over you? Or, or why not just have me? I'm your family. Now, now the thing that he did in private behind someone's back is being done against him behind his back. Because like we said in the very beginning, whatsoever a man sows, that he will reap. Same thing you did to get in position. Someone's doing to put you out of it now. Someone's doing it back to you. And that's what happens. It says, verse 29, if, if only the people were under my authority, then I would remove Abimelech. So he said to Abimelech, increase your army and come out. When Zebul, uh, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gaul, the son of Ebed, his anger was aroused. And he sent messengers to Abimelech secretly saying, take note, Gaul, the son of Ebed and his brethren have come to Shechem and here they are fortifying the city against you. Now, therefore, get up by night, you and the people who are with you and lie in wait in the field. And it shall be as soon as the sun is up in the morning that you shall rise early and rush upon the city. And when he and the people who are with him come out against you, you may then do to them as you find opportunity. So Abimelech and all the people who were with him rose by night and lay in, and lay in wait against Shechem in four companies. Um, interesting because that was, you know, the, the different companies, uh, that was how his dad won the battle. You guys remember he divvied them up and put them in different places. So he took his dad's strategy, but he didn't take nothing else from his dad. So I just, I thought that was interesting. Verse 35, when Gaul, the son of Ebed, went out and stood in the entrance of the city gate, Abimelech and all the people who were with him rose from lying in wait. And when Gaul saw the people, he said to Zebul, 
Look, the people are coming down from the tops of the mountains. But Zebul said to him, you see the shadows of the mountains as if they were men. So Zebul knows what's going on. He's defected. Much of life is cyclical. There are seasons that cycle through and then start over again. You see the pattern or cycle of the Israelites in the book of Judges. They rebel from God and sin, bringing judgment on themselves. But then God sends them a deliverer and they turn back to following God. But eventually, they turn away and start the same cycle over again. Do you think God got tired of that cycle and wanted to throw in the towel with these people? If anything, the book highlights God's mercy when the Israelite people were undeserving of rescue. But this is the God we serve, one who's looking to redeem and rescue. He also wants you to genuinely turn back to Him, not questioning His goodness or faithfulness, God's long-suffering. And He proves this time and time again in the book of Judges. Have you been enjoying this series in Judges? Pastor Bill has been working his way through this book here on The Transforming Word. If you'd like to hear additional messages from Judges, head over to calvaryinglewood.org. Look under the teaching tab for more messages. While you're on our website, you can download our mobile app to take teaching with you on the go. Something else you might find at our website are links to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Stay connected with us through those various platforms and come back again to hear more from Pastor Bill. There are many things to learn from the book of Judges, and we're just getting started. So make sure that you don't miss a single edition of A Transforming Word. Transforming Word.